Oh, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We're on episode 80. Ilya Briskalov, why you have to be mad? Of my little hockey show where once a week I go through all of the major news and the happenings of the NHL, mainly focusing in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames because those are my favorite teams. But I can talk about any of the 32 teams on in this league. So what's on tap for today? Well, yet another coach has been fired in the NHL. Very trendy this season. We have some crying in St. Louis and a lot of goaltending problems around the league. So let's just get into it. Let's talk about the Ottawa Senators definitely having a very underwhelming season. It's been... A long wait for the Ottawa Senators fans to get back in the playoffs since their awesome run in 2017. Been a drastic downhill turn ever since that happened. But there's been some optimism, a little bit, with a lot of, uh, just a lot of problems on top of this optimism. And yet, another situation has happened with Ottawa. It just never ends. DJ Smith has been fired as the head coach of the Ottawa Senators. So last week, it kind of, it wasn't necessarily written in stone, but it was a very big red flag when Ottawa brought in Jacques Martin to be an associate to kind of help out with uh, the problems going on with Ottawa, which, you know, in, in most people's eyes, that's kind of a, oh dear, that's almost the final nail in the coffin for DJ Smith's career, and then it happened. It ended really awkwardly in classic Ottawa fashion. They let DJ Smith run the practice in the morning, talks to the media, you know, with the with the classic kind of uncomfortableness, like, yeah, I'm probably going to get fired here, but uh, maybe not today because I got to run my practice. I'm talking to y'all. And then they pulled him aside after the media scrum and said, yo, dog, you fired. Merry Christmas. Get the fuck out of here. So DJ Smith is gone. Some fans are going to be very happy about this. Some fans are not going to be happy about that. So I feel like it's maybe a little bit more on the side of they're glad to get rid of DJ Smith. Now, Ottawa Senators fans, you can let me know how you feel about the the coaching change. Now, Jock Martin is going to take over as the interim coach for now. And, you know, Jacques Martin, he's a a very well-tenured coach. He is in his 70s now, so there is that. But he's coached, like, over 1,200 games. He's won over 600 or something like that. And he's coached the Ottawa Senators before. And on top of that, they're also going to have Daniel Alfredson being on the bench. We saw that success in Sweden when they went over there. They're winning games with him on the bench, so... He's going to be there as an assistant coach on the bench for the Ottawa Senators. That's going to be great. That's a good thing. I like that. Now, the Jacques Martin thing, I can't really see it being a permanent fit or something that's going to last very long because, well, A, like I mentioned, he is in his 70s now, so I don't know how much interest he really has in doing this full-time. I don't think he minds doing it for a little bit, but there's a lot of really good coaches out there right now since everyone's been getting fired. So, you know, Craig Berube is probably the most popular option, I think, out there right now. Spittin' Chicklets feels that he would be a fantastic fit for the Ottawa Senators organization. I mean, he's definitely a hard-nosed coach, found a lot of success in St. Louis. He just got fired last week, or last week. So, I don't know how fast we're going to see any of these 
uh, recently fired coaches return and get a job. Like Woodcroft is out there as well. You got Craig Berube. I mean, there's some pretty nice coaches out there. Like Bruce Brudrow, is he ever going to come back ever again? But there's options out there for the Ottawa Senators. And we'll see how long it takes for them to make a decision until we start hearing that someone's talking to Craig Berube or anything like that. But I also agree. I think Craig Berube would be a really good fit for the Ottawa Senators organization. Uh, he's he's a very respected NHL player. He used to play. He obviously has a f- pretty damn good coaching run there with St. Louis. He turned that a- around and won the St. Louis Blues a Stanley Cup for the first time in franchise history. So he's got the pedigreed. I think if Ottawa brought him in, I feel like the, the Senators fans would be pretty excited, probably happy about this. But then there's the other side of this. So with the players aspect, I know that Brady Kachuk and the players were a DJ Smith guy. They really liked this coach. They really respected him. But, you know, how much is that? How much of that was just, you know, them saying that for the cameras? Because, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. We're looking at DJ Smith's run as the coach of the Ottawa Senators, and it's been nothing but honestly disappointment underwhelming uh performances and again this season it's happening the exact same way that it's happened for quite a few years now with Ottawa they they kind of sputter out of the gate some injuries happen some controversies underwhelming play and then December comes around and that's pretty much it for the Ottawa Senators they've had dreadful luck in December the last few seasons and kind of going the exact same way again, so Ottawa pulls the plug. Uh, I feel like maybe, honestly, they should have pulled the plug on DJ Smith. Uh, uh, maybe last year, maybe, you know, I think maybe the DJ Smith experiment went on a little bit too long, because you're. Lo- I look at this team, the Ottawa Senators, there's so much skill here, there's so many good players, good young players, but, you know, kind of like the Buffalo Sabres, just because you have a plethora of young players and good potential players doesn't always mean that they're going to hit that pinnacle and your rebuild is always going to be successful. So we might be looking at a failed rebuild here for the Ottawa Senators. Now, I'm not saying it's failed just yet, but you have the young players at Timmy Stutzel, you got Drake Batherson, you got Jacob Chikrin here now, you have Jake Sanderson, Josh Norris, like there's a lot of really good young players here and it's just not coming together. Is it goal? Is it straight up goaltending? Is it, I don't know what is it, is a lack of leadership, lack of structure? Uh, I don't know, man, but all we can determine is that the Ottawa Senators this season have underperformed yet again, uh, goals for... Uh, goals per game they're 26th in the league uh 3.33 like that's not a bad number like scoring three goals that's it's not bad scoring is up it's a little shocking that that's at 26 but they have been scoring goals I feel like they were scoring more goals early in the season and lately it's it's kind of drying up goals against has been pretty consistently not awesome also at a 26 3.44 goals against per game so yeah you're not going to have a lot of success when you're letting in more goals than you're scoring their power play is at 18.4 that's 20th in the league uh it's not dreadful like last week we definitely looked into some of the ultra bad power plays in the league looking at single digit 
percentiles down there. So 18.4, it's not dreadful, but it's not helping them really. And then their penalty kill has been pretty bad. 73%, 29th in the league. So yeah, though those numbers are not good enough, especially in the East, very competitive, and especially in the Atlantic, which is even more competitive. And the Senators with an 11-16-0 record, that puts them last place in the Atlantic. So that just goes to show you how tough the Atlantic is. It's not a great record, but I'm just saying, like, even if they do turn it around, it is, uh, it's a hell of a hole that the Senators have dug themselves into. They're going to have to go on an Edmonton Oiler-like run and probably keep that up for a little bit longer. Like, Edmonton has the benefit of the doubt that the West is a little bit open still, and with the Senators, that is a lot less so. The Atlantic is closing up very quickly. They have quite, I think they're 11 points now behind in a playoff spot. So that's, you know, it's pretty much done. Like, that is a massive, massive hole to get yourselves out of, but at least they're trying to do something now instead of just kind of prolonging the the disappointment like if they just kept DJ Smith and say okay we'll just we'll throw it up as another mulligan year it's like oh i guess we're just not going to make it but i mean i don't know it's tough right because uh you could get the new coach bump and they win a whole bunch of games and then that hurts their draft spot because I honestly don't think they're going to make the playoffs even with a coaching change. Uh, they're they're very much so in a bad spot right now in this division. But uh, we can look at the team stats and, you know, all around we're kind of seeing underwhelming numbers all around. So we'll start with a goaltending. Brought in Jonas Corposalo. A lot of people are like, oh, this could be, you know, the, the, the addition that the Ottawa Senators have been missing. They really needed a goaltender. Moving off of Gustafson looked like, a, in hindsight, a very poor decision to make. They bring in Corpusalo, give him a whole bunch of money, a whole bunch of term, and he's been underwhelming. You know, some people predicted that he would be underwhelming, and he has been. An 892 save percentage, just not good enough, well under the league average. 3.54 goals against, not good enough. Only six wins in 18 games played. So, yeah, that's that's really not good. And the last game that I just watched, uh, the... Shit, who are they playing? I think it was the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, the last game with DJ Smith. And there was so much frustration on the ice. Sticks were breaking. Players very visibly upset. And Jonas Corposalo being one of them that I've noticed being rather temperamental throughout this whole entire season. And, uh, yeah, it's been a really frustrating year for him so far. Anton Forsberg... A little, not really, not really a lot better at all. 11 games, got 5 wins, which isn't horrible. 3.23 goals against average and an 8.76 save percentage with one shutout. So yeah, again, not good enough. Well under league average right there. So their goaltending isn't doing them any favors. And then the players. So Timmy Stutzel put a lot of chips onto this kid this year drafted him in multiple fantasy leagues because I thought he would be just going off this year I thought this would be the 100 point season for Timmy Stutz and it still could be he's not having a bad year 30 points in 27 games but only six goals not you know you definitely want to have some more goals shooting at seven percent right now so uh, definitely not having the luck with Timmy Stutzel this year. Pucks just aren't going in for him. He's getting points, but uh, points 
in December have been rather low. He had a pretty good start to the season, but it's been trailing off. Claude Giroux has been fantastic. I mean, you can't really ask for a whole lot more out of him at the age that he's at. 25 points in 27 games. I have no real problems with that right there. Drake Batherson's been pretty good. 10 goals in 27 games, 23 points. And then there's Brady Kachuk, who has not been Brady Kachuk this year. I mean, 14 goals in 27 games is pretty good. 21 points in 27 games isn't bad, but you're hoping for Brady Kachuk to continue his upward uh, trajectory, uh, getting closer to Matthew Kachuk, who's not having that great of a year either. But Brady, I've always seen him as he could be one of the most dominating power forwards in the game, similar to his brother, could be a 40 to maybe even a 50 goal scorer for the Ottawa Senators. I don't know if he can crack 100 points, but I think, well, uh, a point a game, 90, 95 points is is well within his range, but not from the looks of it this season. I mean, he's he's throwing a lot of hits. He's throwing, he's shooting a lot. His shooting percentage isn't awful, but yeah, Brady Kachuk isn't having the as good of a season as he was last year. Jacob Chikrin has, has been fantastic for the Ottawa Senators. 21 points in 27 games. He's a minus four, which... It could be worse. It could be worse for sure. So there's that. Vladimir Tarasenko has been an actually really good addition for them. It's just, you know, I don't know if that was the move necessarily to make. I mean, he hasn't been a bad player. He could actually be something that they could trade at the trade deadline. They might be able to get a pretty good uh, asset out of that if they retain 50%. You know, someone could pick up a Tarasenko for $2.5 million, something like that. I feel like Ottawa, with the way that he's playing... Now, only six goals in 25 games. Not not ideal, but he is 19 points in 25 games. He's a plus seven. He's playing good hockey. So someone out there would be interested in him. Matthew Joseph, he's been fine. I know people don't like him right now. And then there's Jake Sanderson. So Jake Sanderson had this excellent start. This kid looked like he could maybe even fuck around and be in the Norse conversation. And now that's really, really trailed off. So it's not out of the norm for a young player to have a hot start and then go completely cold. Uh, excuse me. We see it all the time. So Jake Sanderson's kind of going through that right now. I don't I don't expect him to go pointless for a major long time, and I don't really expect him to get back to necessarily that extremely hot start that he had. I think he's going to find somewhere in the middle here, but 17 points in 27 games, not bad at all. A plus two. He's got five goals. So Jake Sanderson's still having a great year. It's just that he's definitely trailed off since that extremely hot start. Josh Norris has been playing decent lately. He's got 10 goals in 24 games, 17 points. You would like a little bit more points out of him. I know he's coming back from some injury, but he's not playing bad. And then, yeah, it really, really trails off after that depth scoring. Like after Josh Norris at 17 points, the next. Uh, highest points is nine points, and then yeah, just listing them off: nine points, nine points, eight, five, four, 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 two, one, and a whole bunch of ones. So yeah, it looks like depth scoring might be a little bit of an issue right here for the Ottawa Senators. Obviously, keeping the puck out of the net has been a major issue as well. So you know, I think Craig Berube would be a fantastic fit for the Ottawa Senators. I don't think Jay Woodcroft would be, like he could be, there's a lot of really talented players on the Ottawa Senators, but I think right now they need more structure in their game, they need to protect the net better, 
And, you know, it, it, it's not off to a good start either. They blow a three-fucking-goal lead the other night against the Arizona Coyotes. Like, yeah, man, not every team gets the coach bump, right? Like, not everybody gets to be the, the St. Louis Blues when they make a coaching change and go win a Stanley Cup. They don't always get to be the Edmonton Oilers and go win fucking 15 of 18 games or whatever. Sometimes it just gets worse. And that might be in the cards for the Ottawa Senators. It really seems like the most Ottawa Senator thing for that to happen, for them just to go completely dead in the water and just drop uh, way down in the standings even further. So, So we'll see, man. Like With a loss like that, I can definitely see things going bad, like a three-goal deficit or to give up a three-goal lead. It's not, you know, it, it, it's, it's fairly common this this in, in hockey nowadays, but you do not want to start out that way uh, with the new coach. So that sucks for Ottawa. I don't know if it's going to get a lot better. I feel like we might be in for a long, rough season for the Ottawa Senators. Even it's already been rough. So yeah, it might, it's probably going to be another year or two or three or who knows how long until we see the Ottawa Senators back in the playoffs. Oh man. I just want the battle of Ontario in the playoffs again. I got it in 2004. And then that was that Ottawa and Toronto have not been on the same page for a very long time. And it's not going to happen this season either. So that sucks for the Ottawa Senators. Speaking of sucks, things kind of sucked in St. Louis this week, but then they kind of unsucked themselves. <laughs> so, uh, Jordan Cairo, uh, with some comments about Craig Berube this week, did not go over well with the St. Louis fans. So, basically, to sum it up, someone asked Jordan Cairo about Craig Berube, and he's like, he's not my coach no more. Now, that could have been taken hella out of context, but regardless... St. Louis fans did not like that. They booed the bejesus out of Jordan Cairo, and then he had an interview after the game, and he was rather upset about it. He um, shedded some tears in a very passionate interview, saying how much he loved playing for the Blues, and sorry to the fans if if the words that came out of his mouth didn't didn't ring uh, very lovely in the in the ears of the St. Louis Blues fans. He apologized, loved playing in St. Louis, and then he comes out, has a great game, and the crowd is going fucking bananas for him. So, yeah, pretty uh, interesting up and down week or down and up week for the St. Louis Blues. Honestly, I I listened to that interview and I became a huge Jordan Cairo fan, man. Like, how can you not love that guy after that interview? Like, I know people like my wife. If I told my wife that Jordan Cairo cried, she would hate him for the rest of his life. Like, oh, don't cry on camera, but... The dude really put it out there, man. He put uh, his his heart on his sleeve in that interview right there, and he I felt it felt real, man. It sounds like he really does love playing for St. Louis. He loves being here. He loves the fans, and yeah, there's obviously a lot of pressure on him now. He's getting paid the big bucks. It's essentially like him and Riley or uh, Thomas's team now. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure on him. He he's aware that he's not producing the way that he usually does and he's feeling that and the the fans gave it to him and he felt bad so I have to put a little bit of respect for Jordan Cairo right there you know he he definitely you know opened my eyes up a little bit I'm like oh man that that's a good guy right there that's a that's a very passionate hockey player and I got to respect that so really nice for Jordan Cairo Speaking of respect, the Vancouver Canucks have respected Roberto Luongo this week, inducting him into the Ring of Honor. That's awesome, man. And on top of that, Thatcher Demko, or 
one of the goaltenders who ever played that night got a shutout uh, in honor of Roberto Luongo. So that's awesome. I know Roberto Luongo is uh, a very polarizing player. Uh, I've always liked Luongo. I mean, I feel like too much got put on that poor guy's plate in Vancouver. Making him the captain was just a fucking disaster. Hopefully that never happens ever again. A goaltender should not be the captain of your team. That's a disaster. It went terribly. But the dude has been nothing but a fucking awesome goaltender. A really underratedly funny dude. Like... All I hear about post-retirement is how funny this guy is on Twitter and all that stuff. Now, I don't really follow, I'm not, I don't follow along with that, but that's good, man. It's good to see someone with a nice dry humor and all that. So, really good for Roberto Luongo, definitely one of the best goaltenders of all time. Really sucks that he never got that Stanley Cup in Vancouver. That would have been awesome. But, yeah, there's a, there's a long history behind <laughs> poor Roberto Luongo, man. He's had a hell of a career, and maybe at some point we'll talk in depth about L- Roberto Luongo. But not right now, because we've got to talk about the goaltending problems that is going on with Carolina. What the fuck is going on here? So, anti-Ranta, they have had enough. They sent him down, cleared waivers. No one's picking that up, because anti-Ranta has been maybe the worst goaltender in the NHL this season, which... I don't say with a lot of positivity. I'm not happy about it. I like Anti-Ranta. What a fucking name. And he's been good with Carolina, just not this season, man. Something is going on. Something's in the water with Carolina and the goaltenders. Whatever they're drinking, stop drinking it because the water is tainted in Carolina. I mean, Freddie Anderson, he's skating now, so that's encouraging. Will he come back and play? I mean... I feel like at this point, Carolina might be pushing for that. Like, please play this season. We need you desperately. Even though Freddie Anderson hasn't been incredible, but it is Freddie Anderson. So, you know, you you would like that back. Peter Kochekov has taken over the net now. Uh, he's okay. He's not having a great season either. A goaltending across Carolina just has not been ideal. I believe now they have signed uh, Aaron Dell to a PTO, so Aaron Dell is here, he has been a backup goaltender in the NHL before, so wouldn't be shocked to see him get into a few games for the Carolina Hurricanes, and um, yeah, man, they've also called up other goaltenders, I think, are, are they might be the ones that have the other Matt Murray, not the Toronto Maple Leafs, Pittsburgh Penguins Matt Murray, but they're doing shit, that might be Dallas, actually, that's Dallas, my apologies, but yeah, man, it, it's been a real fucking struggle for Carolina. They're, str- they're still trying to find consistent success. They're not dead in the water yet, but they're definitely not in the position that they would like to be at this point of the season. Now, some people might say this is good to have some early animosity to your season so that there's some challenges along the way to make your team stronger as you get towards the playoffs. Now, the problem is... Carolina still needs to make the playoffs. It's it's not official yet. They're not in-in, so they need to get the goaltending under under control because that's been problem number one, like major problem number one. They can't buy a save. They can't get any saves. So if they can figure that out, Carolina should be okay. So if they can get some average goaltending from Arundel, Kachekov, They need that desperately. So hopefully Carolina can turn it around. Hopefully Anti-Ranta can turn it around. The problem is that Carolina doesn't have a AHL team anymore. They, They don't have one. They used to be with the Chicago Wolves. So that's another major problem with Carolina. They got their prospects and 
minor league players spread all across the AHL, and it's a disaster. I don't know what is going on with that. They really need to figure that one out. So I think that Ranta ended up with the Chicago Wolves, and he's playing down there. So he's playing. We'll see if he can get it together, kind of like Jack Campbell. But, you know, it it feels like he's just going to kind of get buried down there, and we're not going to hear a lot about anti-Ranta. But We'll see what's going on there with Carolina. Right now, it has been an absolute disaster for them, goaltending-wise. And another team, the Detroit Red Wings, have also been dealing with goaltending issues this season. So now, well, with some good news, Dylan Larkin has come back. So that's fantastic. Really good to see that he didn't miss an extended amount of time with last week's really scary incident where he was knocked out. So really good to see that Dylan Larkin is back. But now... Uh, Alex Lyon and Vili Husso are injured. So the the Detroit Red Wings have signed Michael Hutchinson, the Hutch Daddy, former Toronto Maple Leaf, to a contract. So we'll see if Michael Hutchinson gets into any games. And it looks like the responsibility is falling on Optimus Rhyme. It's James Rhymer time. So there you go. That That goes to show you that the teams that are coming into the season, this season with three goaltenders, have been justified so far. I mean... Huso hasn't been playing up to his contract for the Detroit Red Wings this season, though he has been winning. It's not been pretty. James Reimer has been a pretty solid goaltender for them, and so has Alex Lyon, but now he's hurt. So the conversations a few weeks ago was, oh, hey, will Detroit move one of those three goaltenders? James Reimer kind of looked like he would be the outlier, maybe the favorite to get traded, and now he's kind of like the big daddy in Detroit. And yeah, he's going to be a very major piece for them right now so good for them hanging on to those goaltenders we'll see uh we'll see how Detroit can do when they get all those goaltenders back but it's just been a carousel with goaltending this season and uh very interesting to see Hutchinson coming back into the league so that's pretty key speaking of pretty cool let's talk about Connor McFrickin David for a hot second so we know this guy has absolutely turned it the fuck on since the the coaching change in Edmonton but there's a pretty wild statistic out there that, you know, McDavid, with his average point streak and, or his average points per game, where he can generally put up two points per game, this guy has the potential to crack 1,000 points this season. Now, he's got a hell of a way to go, but if he continues to put up points the way that Connor McDavid usually does, avoids injuries, stuff like that, we might be talking about Connor McDavid getting very close or even cracking 1,000 points this season. He is on an insane point streak. Well, not a streak, but he is putting up ridiculous amounts of points right now. Um, let's just go through some of the games. Two goals, then an assist, four assists, a goal and four assists, a goal and two assists, an assist, three assists, goal and assist, goal and assist, two assists, goal and assist, an assist, and he was pointless the other game in the New York Islanders, and Edmonton has lost three games in a row now, so you really, you gotta stop, you cannot do that, I know it's really easy for teams, once they go on a big old winning streak, it's not, it's sadly fairly common for them to go on a a decent losing streak after that, so Edmonton's gotta stop the bleeding right now, you do not want to win eight games in a row and then lose four in a row that really damages your big winning streak you don't want to have that happen and worst of all you do not want to go on like an eight game losing streak which the Buffalo Sabres like to do they like to go on big winning streaks and then 
even bigger losing streaks. The Philadelphia Flyers are also guilty of this. So Edmonton desperately needs to get out of this right now. They're kind of struggling to score some goals. They've only had two goals in the last two games combined. So they got to figure this one out. They got New Jersey coming up next. So, yeah, McDavid's going to need to put up like four points in the next game, which he could do against New Jersey. But what do you think? Do you think, is it is it too crazy for McDavid to be able to hit 1,000 points already? I mean, it's Connor McFrickin' David, man. But he would, if he is to hit 1,000 points, he would have to get... 109 more points so that's I mean I know it sounds insane but it's Connor McDavid the guy put up 153 points last year so if he if he can he can do it he literally can't do it he has 41 points in 27 games this season he had a kind of a slow start with a little bit of a rocky middle there but dude is super saiyan level right now and yeah, man, it, it's there. It's absolutely there, and it's absolutely insane to me because John Tavares just cracked a 1,000 points last week, and he has been in the league for a substantial amount more than Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid has only played 596 games, and he has 891 points. The guy is a freaking mutant. I mean, we should probably get him tested to make sure that he is, in fact, from this planet, but... Connor McDavid, do you think he hits 1,000 points career-wise? Not 1,000 points in one season, don't get crazy now, but 1,000 career points by the end of this season. He may need to, if he's going to get Edmonton out of this hole, he might have to go to a three points per game level if he's going to get Edmonton out of the hole and back into a playoff spot because they're not there yet. Like I said, they lost three, four in a row. They're losing, so they, they got to get out of it. They're not out of the woods just yet. They're not in a playoff spot anymore, I don't think. So let me just double check right here. No, they're back down in 13th right now. So they got to get out of it. They got to they gotta get winning again. And um, there's other teams that are really hot, like Nashville's really, really hot right now. Minnesota's playing around. Uh, they're, they're okay. Calgary, I, I, people still think that Calgary are going to make it. I, I don't think so, honestly. St. Louis has the coaching change, and yeah, so it, it's not official just yet. Edmonton still has quite a mountain to climb, but goddamn, when I heard that about Connor McDavid, I damn near shit myself. I'm like, wait, what? A thousand points already? That is bananas. So good on Connor McDavid. We'll see if he's able to do it. I wouldn't be shocked, but it, it that would be one hell of a feat. One hell of a feat for sure. Speaking of one hell of a feat, Nathan McKinnon, man, this guy as well has been absolutely destroying the league lately. He is currently on a 15-game point streak. It might be at 16 now, but Jesus, man, Nathan McKinnon. Let's take a look at this guy. He is one of my favorite players in the league. He is so fun to watch. Love watching this guy play hockey. Yeah, man, he's basically putting up multi-point games every single game right now. He is destroying uh, four points against San Jose. Not not very shocked about that, but Connor Mc, or, um, Nathan McKinnon very fastly climbing his way up the stat sheet. So with that being said, I think it's time we take a look at the, the league leaders. We haven't done that in a little bit. It's, it's almost the end of December now. We're getting close. So let's take a look at the points leaders. Let's get a, let's get a checkup on that. 
So we got points-wise now, we are led by Nikita Kucherov with 54 points. We got the Nathan McKinnon. Like I said, he is flying up there. He is at 48 points right now. JT Miller has still remained up there for the Vancouver Canucks. Extremely impressive season for JT Miller. David Pasternak at 43 points. Same with Artemi Panarin, who was... I think he was at the top of the list maybe last time we talked about it. So he's still playing very, very good. He destroyed the Leafs last night. William Nylander, your only Toronto Maple Leaf on the list right here, 41 points. Elias Peterson still doing very good. And Connor McDavid, who was not on this list last time we did it. He is on the list now. And how much higher is he going to crack the list the next time we talk about it? I feel like he might be at the top. I don't think it would be very shocking to see him in and around the McKinnon-Kucherov situation the next time we talk about this. Quinn Hughes is your only defenseman on the list. He's still just destroying 41 points. And Miko Rantanen, after getting called out by Arturi Lekkonen's dad, I think, online, he's been having a fantastic season, so that father can shut the fuck up, respectfully. Goals now. Austin Matthews not playing around anymore, kids. He is leading the league at 25 goals. Brock Besser saying, hold on a minute. I'm not done yet. I got 23 goals, everybody. I'm still having an unreal season. Good for Brock. Nikita Kucherov at 22. Pasternak making his way up there at 19. Sidney Crosby is on a 50-goal pace right now. 18 goals. Sam Reinhardt's killing it. 18. Hyman killing it. 18. Kyle Connor sadly, is going to start climbing down the list because he's hurt at 17 goals. Panarin, 17. And Philip Forsberg still wrecking it up over there in Nashville. 16 goals. Assist leader, Nathan McKinnon, 34. Quinn Hughes, uh, Kucherov, 32 apiece. JT Miller, 30. Connor McDavid, 30. Kale McCarr at 29. He would probably be in the, the top points as well, but he does miss... Uh, a handful of games generally every season he plays a an underratedly hard game man like that guy does not pussyfoot around he throws hits he gets in the corners he mucks it up Kale McCarr unreal so he misses some games every now and again Noah Dobson bro this guy fucking love Noah Dobson I've been singing his praises for years now and he is finally shutting up the haters man this guy has been ridiculous for the islanders this season he is essentially assisting on every goal and good for him he's been awesome philip ronick as well getting a lot of apples in vancouver and nylander rounding out the list at 26 assists game winning goals is led by kyle connor and matt duchene with five goals apiece and then a whole bunch of fours mark stone jack eichel Philip Forsberg, Patterson, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, William Eklund has four, and Jimmy Vesey with four game winners. There you go, not bad. Plus minus, Quinn Hughes leads the league at a plus 25. That's that's pretty fucking impressive. Penalty minutes is led by Brady Kachuk, 74 minutes. That is pretty awesome. Tom Wilson is there, Radkel Gudis, Max Domi is up there. What the fuck, Domi? He can't be getting 48 minutes. That's insane. Now, goaltender stats. Uh, Leading in wins is Thatcher Demko at 16 wins. Very impressive. Connor Hellebuck at 15. Same with Gorgiev. Soros, Bobrovsky at 14. Cam Talbot having a fucking awesome season with Los Angeles. 13 wins. Connor Ingram continues to be the, the most ridiculous goaltender this season. Just out of nowhere. Fantastic. 12 wins. Shesterkin, 12 wins. Not bad. Not great. And then Vanacek and Stewart at 11. Shutouts led by Thatcher Demko, Tristan Jari, and Connor Ingram. 
three apiece. Very, very impressive. Goals against average. Aiden Hill, not a lot of talk about this guy, but he's been phenomenal. Uh, 1.93 goals against average right now. Excellent. Talbot at a 2.02. Swayman, 206. Quick, 209. What is going on with Jonathan Quick? Guy is actually outplaying Shesterkin. I don't think anyone in the world saw that one coming. Demko, 233. Karaha, 2.42. Pretty fucking good. Now save percentage. Also led by Aiden Hill, 933. Tied with Jeremy Swayman, also at a 933. Very, very impressive. Jonathan Quick, oh my god, a 926. Outstanding. Cam Talbot, also at a 926. So Jonathan Quick, he's getting close to... um, uh, hitting some uh, milestones in terms of wins, so um, it kind of looked like he wasn't going to be able to hit that, but now that he's playing so well with the Rangers, maybe we got a couple extra years here with Jonathan Quick, which would be pretty fucking awesome, so really happy for uh, for Jonathan Quick right here. That is excellent. And leading the league in saves right now, believe it or not, it is Jordan Bennington. The guy has been having a good season, man. Even though the Blues haven't been good, Jordan Bennington has maybe been having the best season he's had since he first started with the Blues in 2019. He's doing just fine, I would say. And Sorokin is right there at 663 saves. The guy is getting lit up on a nightly basis. Um, Not really anything that's too important on the other. You know, Power play points, 24 for Nikita Kucherov. I guess that's impressive. Six shorthanded points for Simon Holmstrom in New York Islanders. I don't know who that is, but that's insanely impressive. Right behind him is another Islander, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. So the Islanders are deadly on the penalty kill. Very impressive right there. So that's your stat leaders for um, the December 20th. So not bad. We'll see how... Where do we think Connor McDavid finishes the next time we talk about the stats? Is he going to be top three or is he going to be number one? I feel like he's going to be at least top three, at minimum top three. So there you go. That's pretty damn cool. So speaking of pretty damn cool, I think it was pretty damn cool what the Toronto Maple Leafs did in Pittsburgh this week. So first game up against the former GM Kyle Dubas, and wow, the Leafs actually beat the living shit out of the Penguins. Seven, nothing. Absolutely suck a dick Dubas right there. Now, I like Kyle Dubas. I really did. I liked him, but that's freaking hilarious, man. I I actually felt way worse for Jason Spezza up there. Every time they showed shots of the, of the press box, I just, I was just looking at Spezza. I'm like, ah, you should have stayed, man. You should have fucking stayed. I love you, Jason Spezza. Crazy. If I told 10-year-old me, that you would love Jason Spezza in 2020 and beyond, I'd fucking probably knock myself out. I don't even know, but man, that was, that was, that felt good, man. That felt good. We're usually on the other side of that story with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, oh, here comes the revenge game. And yep, the Leafs absolutely laid down and got the shit kicked out of them by this guy and that guy. And oh, this guy broke this milestone, yada, yada, yada. But fuck, did it ever feel good to see the, the Leafs do that? to uh to Dubis and for uh Tra Living, you know, like you you want to do that for your GM for for you guys. Like I don't know if there's any animosity with the players in Toronto towards Dubis. I have no idea. I don't know if we're ever going to find that shit out until Dubis writes a book one day, but he's very, very young, so he probably won't do that for a while, but 
yeah, man, that was that was a good game. I mean, Martin Jones, who saw that coming, like a 38 save shutout. He's been he's been doing it, man. He's been doing just dandy. I mean, you know, he didn't play amazing the other night there against uh, the Rangers, but the Rangers were on a mission to get their revenge on the Leafs, so that 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 was kind of meant to happen. But yeah, man, that was a, that was a hell of a fun game for the Leafs on uh, against Pittsburgh. And then they had the most Leaf game ever against Columbus. They went down 5 nothing, And then, of course, in the most Leaf way, they tie it up super late. Austin Matthews getting all these goals lately, which has been awesome. And then they lose in overtime. I mean, of course. I mean, people were already like, oh, it's the, it's the most guaranteed thing that they're going to lose that game in overtime. But at least it was fun. I didn't bother watching that game when when I had access to the game it was already I think four nothing so I'm like all right I'm not going to bother I'm gonna take a bubble bath probably I think that's it doesn't matter I don't need to tell you what I do with my life anyway uh it was a up and down week this uh this this week for the least but I think it's okay uh there has been a flu bug going through the team right now they're playing excellent hockey they're winning a bunch of games they're like they have an excellent record over the last like 15 games. They're 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 winning a lot of games. I think it's just because the league as a whole is a little bit tighter this year and maybe the Leafs aren't dominating and they're not having these incredible numbers that you would want out of a team that's like lead like in the tops of the league. I just think overall with the extreme cap crunch that we have in this league that everyone's struggling a little bit. Teams aren't uh, taking off like we saw last season in the standings, like the Bruins and shit, even though uh, the Bruins are doing very well in the Vegas. Vegas is doing really well, but I think this year it's a little bit more balanced, and that's why we're not seeing crazy statistics. But there's one really interesting statistic that my buddy Kyle sent me. This was from earlier in the week, but I'll read it off. So while 12 of their 25 games have got to overtime... 11 of those 25 games have seen the Leafs blow a multi-goal lead or come back from one. That in itself is crazy. What is absolutely nuts is that they are undefeated in those games. You don't need to be well-versed in advanced stats uh, to realize that if you go down two goals or if you blow a two-goal lead that you usually lose the game. Pretty much every time you lose that game. Unless... You are the 2023 Toronto Maple Leafs. As of December 12th, the Leafs are 7-0-4 in games in which they either blow or come back from a two or more goal lead. In games they blow a two goal lead, they are 3-0-1. In games where they come back from down two or more, they are 4-0-3. There are only two other games where they were down by two goals before halfway through the third period and failed to come back. So that is a very cool stat, but it's not one that, like, I love. Like, yeah, it's great that the Leafs are able to come back. They generally play their best hockey when they're down. When it's t- when it's crunch time, it's like, all right, let's go full offense. That's when they shine, right? But that, in history, has never been the winning recipe in playoff hockey we saw it in Columbus where they wanted to try and go down as many goals as possible and then try to make these insane comebacks yeah it worked twice 
in a probably one percentile chance of that happening, they did it twice, which is insane for them to replicate that again is fucking bananas. And they're doing it this this regular season, which comebacks are a lot more prone to happen. In the playoffs, not so much. That shit does not happen in the playoffs on a regular basis. So I hope the Leafs aren't you know banking on this stat like, oh, we're a great comeback team. It's not a good idea to go down in playoff games. What's what's one of the most what's what's the one stat they talk, they talk about almost the most in playoffs? It's oh, whoever scores first, whoever scores first wins the games and stuff. That's that's super important. Score first, and the Leafs don't really like to do that. They don't like to they like to they like to play from behind, man, and it's not a good way to play. It's a fun way to play. It's fun to watch. The Leafs come back a whole bunch. And, you know, it's it's pretty refreshing now when, like, I get to a second period. And it's like, oh, the Leafs are down 3 nothing. I, I could still watch this. And there's a very good chance they're going to come back and make it interesting. But, again, like, it's just that's not the team I want going into the playoffs. I don't want that mentality that, like, oh, it's okay if we go down. It's like, no, that's... That's not a good mentality to have. I want you guys to have the lead and hold it. And they don't show that to me very often. Like, they did it in Pittsburgh where they can play with a lead and hold on to it confidently. But that's the kind of hockey you need to get comfortable playing as, and the Leafs just don't. So, it's been better lately. They're playing with more snot, as people like to call it. They're they're getting into scrums. Like, Legacin has been... Uh, I I like that player. I like... Um, what's the other guy's name? Greg? Greg or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Been good, man. Like, I, I am liking the way that the Leafs are playing right now. Stars are playing well. Um, Marner's putting in goals. He looks confident, but angry at the same time. This is like a weird hybrid Marner right now. I mean, he just... I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I just, I'm not a big fan of Marner. He's a great player. It's just, I don't like him (laughs) as a person. I just, he just annoys the hell out of me. It's just something about him. But yeah, thankfully, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. It's just something that extremely concerns me why I can't really get overly excited about the regular season anymore because I know these things are going on. I've seen the Leafs play for so long. And yeah, I mean, wins are coming, but. They're not coming in the right way, and that's something that Keith, the the coach, has been trying to get into their heads for years now, and it still just doesn't seem to be ringing true in their heads. So, I don't know. At some point, hopefully, we start seeing the Leafs get the lead, hold the lead, and that's it. I, I wouldn't be angry if they started playing some boring hockey. I think that's what the Leafs need a little bit. Win a game, fucking... 2-1 to one and go up 2 nothing 8 minutes into the game and then just hold it for 2.5 periods. Give me that more often. That's what I want for Christmas out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now in terms of the Calgary Flames, I would have loved for them to uh, hastily make a deal with Tanev to the Toronto Maple Leafs for like a fifth, but they don't want to do that. God damn it. So, Calgary, they're not in a rush they said, to trade Tanev. Now, he is injured right now, so that's also going to slow down the process, but yeah, so they're not in any rush to trade him to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We all know that's where he's fucking going, goddammit, so uh, they're going to prolong this for as long as possible to try and get the most out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, 
Oh, oh, so it's fine. It's fine for Calgary to make a deal with your enemy, the, the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, here, here, just take uh, Zadorov. We'll, oh, we'll wrap him up. We'll send him over. We'll, mm. And then the Leafs are like, hey, can we have Tanner? like, no, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. So now that might be because they have Treliving and they don't want to give him what he wants. And then the Leafs find success. And, and yeah, it's going to not look good for for them, but I, I get it, I am a, I'm a Calgary Flames fan, and I'm not, I'm a little angry, obviously, that they're doing this, but it's the right thing to do, right, you don't, like, again, I don't think they're going to draw that much extra value out of Tanev, I don't think he's that valuable, I feel like they're trying to get, like, they, they, I think the asking price right now is like a second, and they're gonna try and push that to a first, which I think, the least would be insane to give him a first, honestly. Um, that's way too much. Even though they do claim to be very, very confident that they could re-sign Tanev. I don't really want them to, unless it's one or two years. Tanev, Tanev has been a career injury bug, man. Like, yeah, he had a couple of good healthy years in Calgary, but you look at the rest of his career, dude's never healthy. So it's a risky play. Very similar, I feel like, to Muzzin when they gave him money. And, and term when it was like, okay, this guy's like really hurt all the time. And what are we doing here? And, and yeah, that went terribly. So I hope they don't make the same mistake with Tanev. I hope they don't overpay and then give him too much money in a contract and it just goes bad. So we'll see how that one goes with the Calgary Flames uh, and also with the Flames. I want to shout out Mackenzie Weger, man. Mackenzie Weger is having a fucking good year for the Calgary Flames right now. Um, He's hit career highs and goals already uh, this season. So he's putting pucks in the net. He's getting points. He's playing well. And he's been a really good addition to the blue line for the Calgary Flames. And I don't think there's any reason uh, that they would trade him right now. Uh, if there was an offer for him, I think the Flames should take it. I, just, I don't think uh, he's even like in talks right now. I don't think there's any anyone really talking about Mackenzie Weaker and, and adding him. The contract is really scary. It's super long-term. Yeah, he's playing great right now, but you got to think about those last three, four years, right? So at least it's working out really well for Mackenzie Weaker this season. He's, I would say, the best Flames defenseman, which is great. And uh, Kadri's leading them in points, which is also great. It's not a lot of points. Uh, sadly, Huberto is still just forgotten how to play hockey, which... Is horrible, man. Like, the guy is just goose egg after goose egg after goose egg. Like, how is this guy not putting up anything? It's shocking to me. It's really, at this point, it is it is almost depressing to, to see this happen to a player uh, this drastically. Like, it, it really is a shame to see this going down. Like, even Goudreau's putting up points now in, in Columbus. So, I mean, fuck, man. This, this... This Huberto thing is just getting out of hand. Hopefully it turns around at some point. Maybe he has a nice Merry Christmas, gets a nice fucking, I don't know, a, a delicious holiday ham and some turkey. I don't know, have a nap and come back and score 700 points for the Flames. Please, for the love of God, for the love of God, find your game Huberto for Christmas. That's what I want. I think I might want, oh, what do I want more for Christmas? Uh, fucking Toronto Maple Leafs to... Uh, to play a full 60 minutes and hold on to a lead or for Huberto to get his game back. Whew. That is a tough one. I might want Huberto to get his game back. I don't know. I have been asking for the Leafs to hang on to a lead for about 15 years now. So, I mean, that's a that's an eternal itch 
that's been needing some scratching. So, okay, maybe I'll go with the Toronto Maple Leafs lead. Maybe next year, Huberdeau, I'll ask Santa to bring you some talent back. Uh, no offense, but like, fuck, man. It's been Space Jam levels of talent absorption, and it's just gone. I don't know what happened. So, is, is Space Jam 3 getting filmed? And it's like a hockey movie now, and Huberto is is the culprit. I don't know. Anyway, I think that's all I really want to talk about. Oh, wait, hold on. There's one more thing concerning the Minnesota Wild over here. So, um, assistant GM Chris O'Hearn has left the team. Now, there is an investigation going on, two investigations, in fact, going on around the conduct behind Bill Guerin and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, As far as I know, nothing has come out of that that we know of. All we know is that Chris O'Hearn kind of in a shocking way has left the team. He was Bill Guerin's right-hand man and all of these big moves and things that they've been doing with the Wild, and now he's gone. So I don't know if we're ever going to learn what happened there, but... That that's unfortunate. You don't want to see someone just leave like that, but we don't know what happened. So so that's been going on. Also, a, a couple of injuries that I forgot to talk about. Patrick Line is going to be out for six weeks with a broken clavicle. Poor freaking guy, man. Patrick Line just man. I always I just want him to score forty consistently. God damn it! But it's just not coming. Yeah, okay, so I think that's everything now that I want to talk about. That's everything that I got to get. Yep, sounds good. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome. Or watching, if you're watching these on YouTube, I upload all these episodes to the Gamer GX Videos YouTube channel. So you can go over there, watch them, listen to them, drop a comment, leave a like. If you want to leave a question for the podcast related to hockey, wrestling, video games, general questions drop them send in an email leave a comment on youtube i would love to you know carve out a little time in the podcast to to answer some questions for y'all that would be a ton of fun and yeah um i am coming down with some sickness right now you might not i I feel like i have powered through this one pretty good pretty drugged up right now so you know we're, we're doing that so hopefully it doesn't affect uh, the upcoming episodes, I will be doing a review of Hogwarts Legacy for the GX GamerCast this week. So there's that incoming. Uh, WrestleCast will be on a regular schedule. I don't think there's any major pay-per-views this week. So just a regular recap. And yeah, next week, I'm hoping uh, that I should be able to do my Xyz, my video game awards where I'm giving out a whole bunch of awards over the course of the 2023 year, all the games that I played, it is going to be a ton of fun. So I cannot wait to to do the Xyz GamerCast episode. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. And yeah, so there you go, everybody. Thank you again so much for listening. Review the podcast, please, and thank you. Helps me out a ton. Leave a question. That would be awesome. Follow along on Twitter. Subscribe on the YouTubes and all that great stuff. And we will be back again soon with more GX Plus Guest.